listening to the home of cool, irreverent, and entertaining talk right here on L.A. Talk Radio. You're listening to The Art of Love with your host, Lucia, right here on L.A. Talk Radio. Welcome to The Art of Love. My name is Lucia. I'm your host and a dating and relationship expert, and I'm here to entertain, educate, and enlighten you about love, dating, and relationships. Take your calls, answer your emails, and speak to authors of books which I find interesting. And this week, we are going to help the men. We're going to help the men get some game, but not player game good game there's good game and bad game and this is going to be good game we're gonna because you know only about five percent of men my author uh, says really know what they're doing and so we want to help you get into that elite group of five percent the author is linda gross the book is called the caveman formula four rules you never knew you needed to conquer your woman her website is DT, as in dating tips, for the number four M.com. So it's dating tips for men. That's what it stands for. So um, we're going to find out what Linda has to say about the caveman formula. Welcome to the show, Linda. Thank you very much, Lucia, for having me. It's a pleasure. All right. So Linda is a top 10 blogger who writes the popular column Dating Tips for Men. She's a men's advocate with a degree in psychology from UCLA. She interviewed over 20,000 men, wow, that's a lot of guys, as research for, <laughs> for her book, The Caveman Formula. So how did you come to write this book? Well, it, it, it actually came out of necessity. I was in a long-term marriage and got on the dating scene myself and had always been curious about gender differences, uh, you know, gender differences subjects. And uh, I think since Women's Live, a lot of women from, from the 70s tried to brainwash the public by saying that the sexes are the same, the sexes are the same. We think the same way, we act the same way, we're the same. And what I've come to find out through my research is, no, not. I mean, if we really were the same, nature isn't stupid, they would have just made one sex. So... My research took me back to 10,000 years ago because a lot of my men on the site, on my website, were saying, you know, how can you write, write rules to win over a woman and women are so complex and women are so different and how can you write just one set of rules that covers it all? So in order to do that, I went back 10,000 years ago to try to wow. figure out, you know, why we act the way we do. And it turns out that a lot of it really is nature, meaning that we are biologically pre-programmed and pre-destined to behave in certain ways. So I reveal what those secrets are. And once you know, you know, what it is and how uh, each sex individually operates, then it's like you have the magic key that unlocks a lock. 
everything becomes very apparent and very easy to do and understand. And then that way you're not frustrated, you're not, you know, confused, and you're not operating from a place of fear. You're operating from a place of, oh, well, that's how it is. Now I get it. Mm -hmm. And then you can move forward and be powerful and successful. Yeah, and you know, always you always hear men say, "Oh, I just don't understand women." And my response to that is, and, and let me know if you agree or disagree. I say, "Listen, women are very easy to understand. Uh, you know, if the, if she's acting a certain way, more often than not, it's because she feels insecure." Would you agree? I think there is a fair amount of that, and I do side with the men on this point. Um, you know, women. Men like to hear conversation in a straight way. In fact, um, those of you who are in business, you know, you'll go to a business meeting and they'll say things like, just give me the bottom line, just get to the point. So men are very linear. They, they want a short distance between A and B. They want it linear and they want the bottom line answer on what am I supposed to do or what are you talking about or what is the issue. Unfortunately, women are the complete opposite of that. Women don't like to be linear because women of Wade, they feel that if they're that linear and that direct, mm. that they're going to be labeled a bitch or that they're, they're going to enter into a confrontation. And so from a woman's makeup, to be that linear and that direct, it's confrontational, even though it might not be, but that's how women interpret it. So when men say we don't understand women, it's because women are giving this four-page answer on what mm. they want, and you've lost the men. That, they don't understand. Their brains don't work that way. Right. Now, you say that women are apprehensive about dating a guy when they first meet him. Why is that? Well, you know, they're trying to size him up on quite a few different levels. I mean, it's, you know, for men, it's pretty easy. They're going to size you up based on what you look like. They will find out about your personality after you pass the what do you look like test. So, and, you know, I know a lot of women get upset with that, um, but they're doing it from a biological point of view, which is, is this woman fit enough to bear you know, the next generation. That That's, I mean, they don't know that's why they're doing it, but biologically that's why women, I mean, men use, to, uh, men size up women based on their looks first. With regard to women, you know, it's kind of the opposite. I mean, she's looking at, you know, character traits and consistency and, you know, whether you're returning the calls, whether you keep, re you know, returning the calls. You know, that sort of thing. So there's there's probably women are evaluating men on like 40, you know, pulse points mm -hmm. rather than just one or two that, that men are evaluating you on. Yes, and speaking of returning the call or even calling, I don't think men realize how important it is for a woman, especially when you say, oh, I'll call you tonight or I'll call you 8 o'clock, and you don't follow through. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's very nerve-wracking. Probably the probably the biggest nerve-wracking day is the day after the first sex episode, <laughs> because you really kind of never know if they're like if they liked it, they hated it, they liked you, they didn't like you. It's it's very nerve-wracking. So you know those 24 hours past the first sex date, I think are probably as terrifying for a woman as is the guy who has to walk across the dance floor to ask you to dance. 
because the guy is, you know, fearful of rejection. Well, we're fearful of rejection, too, just in different circumstances. Right. In fact, speaking of sex, now you say that women actually don't want as much sex as men, even though, you know, people keep saying, oh, yes, women want it just as much. They don't. <laughs> they really don't. I mean, in the early in the early days, I would say probably um, eighteen to thirty, uh, they wanted because you know they're they're testing the scenery and they're testing their sexuality and they're they're coming on childbearing age if they're not if they haven't already had a kid, so they know inherently that men want sex. So women from eighteen to thirty are giving up sex. In fact probably today more than ever, probably, you know, mm -hmm. several times over of what it was a couple of decades ago. Um, and I can cite a lot of reasons why women are giving it up today. I mean, you know, let's blame it on the media and let's blame it on, you know, the Internet and the availability of sex and, and the percentage of women who say yes to sex. So there are a number, there are a number of reasons. So now once she gets past that childbearing age, let's say she's now past 35 or so, you know, the sex pretty much goes in the toilet. And, you know, you can talk to scores of men and they'll say, you know, I don't know what happened. My wife is all dried up. She totally has zero interest in the sex, in sex, and she's spending all our time with the kids, and I feel left out. I feel like my wife is ignoring me. So it's, and, you know, men go through that phase of rejection. So, it's not that that can't be turned around. Of course, it can be turned around. But, you know, you need techniques and tools to do that. You know, men are very physical. They think they're going to turn you on by being physical with you. Mm -hmm. For example, like giving you a massage. Right. They All men think yes. that giving you a massage relaxes <laughs> you, and that's what's going to make it work. Um, no, no. The, the way that women get turned on is what's between her ears. If, if you've got to you know, emotionally and romantically turn her on, that's probably what's going to do it the fastest. I mean, if it means reading, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey together or giving her a uh, romance novel that has, you know, fast-paced fast hearts, super sexy sex in it, and that's what stimulates her, gets her to fantasize, you know, I think women get turned on with, with what's in their head. So it's not a physical thing for women. No, if you say, I'll give you a massage, I'm like, fine, give me a massage, and then I'll just take the massage and say, thank you very much. <laughs> right. We don't relate to the two things. Right. And then, you know, to get back to your question, it's like then you go through the premenopause stage, 42 to 52, then there's another hormone change in the woman's body, and again, uh, you know, you've lost another giant percentage of women who are absolutely no longer interested in sex. Now, all of this can be rever reversed, and probably at some point I'll write the woman's book and, and, sh and show ways that it can be reversed, but I'm just saying the general population mm -hmm. with no further input than what's going on between their marital lives or, or relationship lives with their partner, um, I would say if she's saying she wants as much sex as you, it's a lie. It's It's probably because... She wants her child to go to this school district, or she wants this roof over her head that mm. you can provide, mm -hmm. or she wants this security because you have insurance and she needs insurance. So it's not because they want more sex. 
It's not. The women often have a secret agenda that has nothing to do with sex, and that's why they're doing the sex. Right. Okay. I mean, unless you're like the 5% of lovers out there that are just going to give her a screaming orgasm <laughs> and you're just the best oh, yes. stud in the in the in town, then okay, yes. Okay, Maybe fine. that percentage I'm going to say yes. Right. Wouldn't we all want that? Well, that but there yeah. are many, many surveys that have come out. In fact, one comes to mind that came out about 18 months ago, and they said only 70% of women are satisfied in the bedroom. Mm. Seventy percent. So you, you, they uh-huh. can't tell me that women want sex as much as you. I mean, if you're going to get hop in that thirty percent, then they would. Of course, they would. They're not stupid. They like pleasure just as much as the men like pleasure. Right. But so few men are willing to go there to find out what those techniques are to be in that top thirty percent. Right. So okay, continuing with the sex theme. Um, you said that you know men control try to control women when it comes to sex, and they have, they have a lot of ways of doing it, a lot of things they say. So what are those some of those things they do or they say? Yes. Well, I mean, you know, a lot of men are going to you know try to sway the woman or use deceit or use lies to get the woman to have sex with them. But I'm here to teach the men that just because, you know, a lot of those uh, players or a lot of the, the artists, the pickup artists, you know, that my, my uh, counterparts, my male counterparts, mm-hmm. uh, try to use a lot of those lines on women to get to have sex with them. And I'm here to say to them, it's not necessary. You don't have to resort to using lies and deceit to, you know, win over the woman or to have sex with her. So, I mean... It, you know, I in the book it goes over what those four secrets are, what those four steps are. If the man is consistently using those four steps that I reveal in the book, then you know she she would she probably can't wait till you get home. So it's just a matter of you know knowing that we are different, and here are the four steps that you need to do to make this happen. Right, and we'll get to some of those later. Um... Yeah, yeah, but I was thinking about like the lines that you have in the book because I didn't realize once I started reading all those lines, I was like, oh my god, there, yeah, there's so <laughs> many things that guys say to pressure the woman, you know, like just put in the tip or just hold it in your hand, and you know, I'm sure you know all of them. I don't remember all of them. Right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull out, and you know, no one's gonna know, and yeah, I know. There's, uh, I don't know, there's probably like 20, 30, 40 that I listed in the book. What those lines are so you know they have quite a few (laughs) quite a few in their repertoire yeah um so okay now what about women becoming the aggressors aggressors today why do you think that's happening the aggressors in business or aggressors in the bedroom do you think i'm I'm talking about in dating they're willing to in dating yeah you know they're willing to call the guy well i you know, the, the, the jump point for writing my book was, uh, you know, during during Women's Live, which was the early 70s, I was a little girl then, and I just kind of like shook my head, like, what are these women talking about? Why are they thinking that they don't have the power when in re- reality, women do have power? We have a lot of power. So um, 
I think why are they the aggressors? Some of the myths that were created back in women's lib days, like, you know, the sexes are equal, I don't need you, I can raise my son myself, you know, the dad is a horrible dad, it's like I don't want that dad anywhere near my son, you know, all these myths that were created, unfortunately, three, four decades of all these lies have resulted in today's man for a great majority of today's men, they're not strong anymore mm-hmm. because they have been, you know, feminized and womanized and, and, oh, we love it if you cry and, oh, we love it if you hold our purse at the mall and, oh, would you walk my little, you know, little purse dog, you know, around the block for me. So, you know, the men have become weaker and weaker. It's the first time in our history uh, as of about five years ago where women are... Um, entering into colleges and universities at a greater rate than men are, and that they've just, you know, there are some women who have gotten very dominant and very strong, and there's very few dominant and strong men left, which is another reason why I wrote the book, um, because I want to reverse that, because I think it goes against nature. Mm -hmm. I mean, men are bigger, better, stronger, taller, faster, whatever, for a reason. There is a reason. And I don't care if that woman is making $250,000 and she's the corporate exec and what have you, um, she still wants somebody who is a little bit stronger or more confident or, or uh, you know, more protective than she is, mm-hmm. more aggressive than she is. Right. It, could only, it only needs to be like 1% or 2% more. But the relationship works best when the guy is just a little bit more um, the aggressor and the strong one than she. So do guys want women to call or no? Guys want women to call because they think it's easy. Mm-hmm. And I think I go over this in my book, too, because, you know, one of the fears that guys have is that she is going to, that he's going to be uh, rejected. Like, if he calls, he's going to be rejected. So that fear of rejection is pretty strong in a guy's life. So they think, oh, well, I'll just give her my number. She can call me. But you know what? It doesn't work that way. And the primary reason why it doesn't work that way is because our brains are wired differently. Um, Like I was saying, men's brains are wired in a linear fashion. And they live um, on the logical side of their brain 90% of the time. So they're, you call them, they're at work, they're like, they're head deep in, in whatever they're working on. So a call such as this, they, such as his lady friend who's calling, they have to like stop what they're doing, go on the complete opposite end of the brain, the um, emotional side of the brain, to be able to take that call. And it's really like an effort. It literally is like crossing a bridge. Like he's on this landmass and he's crossing the bridge to the other landmass. That's how men's brains are wired. Women's brains are not wired that way. Yes, they both have the left brain and the right brain, but there's no bridge there. So that means that the woman can cross over back and forth, back and forth from the logical side to the emo side without any hesitation or without skipping a beat. And the way I can show you an example of this 
is the young mom is, you know, wiping the kid's chin, flipping the pancake, answering the doorbell, writing a text on her cell phone, and then trying to, like, pay the car insurance bill all at the same time mm-hmm. without skipping a beat because mm-hmm. women's brains are, you know, they can go back and forth and back and forth to, to all these linear versus emotional kinds of things without any problem. So when the guy says, oh, you call me, he thinks it's being easy, but really he it, it's it, you've caught him off guard because his brain is on work or his brain is on sports or his brain is on whatever it's on, and they're not really all that receptive when you call them. Right. I mean, unless you say you're calling at a specific time, then you can gear up for it. But if you're calling randomly... The truth is, guys really don't like that. You're interrupting them. Right. Uh, whereas it's the opposite for women, and actually women love it when a guy calls. Of course. Because now he's showing that, it, you know, uh, he's showing that he's interested. You know, I mean, that's one of the ways that we gauge whether a guy's interested. Like, when does he call and how often does he call? It's so important for right. us. That is absolutely, absolutely correct. And that's why there's, there, you know, there's there's fights often like, why didn't you call me? I thought you were going to call me. Because now it's like yeah. he doesn't really care. Yeah, and you know what? You When the girl calls, you actually, he loses his power because you take away his power of being that representative, of being that aggressor, of being that hunter. So what, you really want your woman to run you? Really? I mean, it starts with a phone call. That's where it starts. Mm-hmm. But if you watch those um, relationships progress for like the next three to six months, then she's often making the decision of where are we going, where are we eating, what are we doing, oh, you can't watch this, this uh, TV channel, oh, you can't listen to that radio station, oh, you can't do this. Really? You, you want a woman to run you? So it starts off small, but it does not end up in, the, in a good place. So that would be another reason for me to say, don't go there. You know, you have fear of rejection. Get over yourself. That's just how it is. Women don't like to have periods. We have to get over ourselves with that, too. There's lots of things in life that aren't fair or aren't pretty. But so what? You just got to man up and do it. That's right. You tell them. So you may, <laughs> I love it. So you mentioned players earlier, and I love your definition of a player. Uh, what is your definition? My definition is someone, a man who either lies or deceives to get you into bed. Right. And yeah, because I. So it's okay if the guy like just wants to have sex with you. That's okay. I've I've encountered some of those types of men during my research. And if they're straight up like that, I have no problem. If you want to date, you know, six, eight women at the same time, I'm not going to call you out as a player until or unless you start lying and deceiving to her that you're more into her than you really are. I have a problem with that. It's like a character problem. So then I'm going to call you out as a player because that's not right. And plus, you don't have to. You don't have to go there. Men don't know they don't have to go there. I teach them in my book, but you really don't have to go there. Right. Okay. So now let's switch to the opposite, which is the nice guy. And um, <laughs> you know, I wrote an article a couple of years ago. It went viral about. It was called uh, "Why Women Can't Stand Nice Guys." 
And yeah. I, I got so many hateful comments from men. They were pissed. And it's like, well, sorry for telling the truth. So why do women not like nice guys? Well, it goes back down to our caveman roots. You know, our caveman roots is the women and the children stayed back, stayed back in the cave, and if there was a threat to the camp or a threat to the cave, the guy would go out and, or with his buddies, would go out and investigate what that threat is. So from a biological point of view, we want someone that's, you know, stronger than us, that will protect us, that will protect the children, and that's why that uh, fight-or-flight thing is there in the first place. So when you get a nice guy, first of all, the nice guys too often will have very feminine qualities, you know, the, the waiting. Waiting is a feminine quality. The aggressor is the hunter, is the outgoing quality. Mm-hmm. So by having a nice guy, if there is a threat, you know, a modern-day threat, on her, meaning that someone's picking on her, or you know, at, at, at the you know at a restaurant or at the at work or whatever it is, you know, we want somebody to have our back. We want we want to be protected and served. So you know, if he's too too womanized, if he's too uh, taking a back seat to everything, if there is a, a threat, there's no one to take that role. So. From a biological point of view, we don't like it. So, you know, a lot of women, young women today, especially the 20-year-olds, they like the guys with all the tats and the motorcycles and, you know, the leather and this and that and the other. It's not necessarily that we like a bad boy. The aspect of the bad boy that we like is that he has confidence and he will stand up. And if there's another guy harassing us, our guy will stand up to this the second guy, and that's the aspect that is just makes us deliriously crazy. We crave that. We have to have a guy that will stand up in the right, right time in the right place to protect us. So it's it's that aspect of the bad boy that we like. Right. In fact, you mentioned confidence, and that's one of the four traits, one of the four C's, as you call them. So do you want to speak a bit about that, about the confidence? Yeah, it's the number one trait that women want is confidence. Because, again, like the hunter, if if there's a threat to the camp, you know, I'm sure the guy is afraid too, but he's going to get his weapon or club or whatever he's going to do and go investigate and make sure his camp is safe. So that confidence is very important to a woman. Um, You know, it's... Oftentimes I hear a lot of men complain that, you know, well, she's just judging me from my pocketbook. She's just judging me on where I live or what kind of car I drive or how much did I spend on dinner. No. On the surface, it looks like we're, you know, we're looking at your wallet. Mm -hmm. But really it's not that. It's what the money represents. The money represents confidence that you would not have, you would not be driving that car unless, you had confidence at work, and the more confidence you have at work, it translates to money. So it's it's kind of like a step, couple of steps away, and the and the women don't realize that's why they're looking at how much you're spending at dinner or how much you're paying for the car. But the real deal of what it is that the the primal draw is confidence. So um, you know, I and I teach men 
because a lot of men today are not confident at all. They're very insecure around, around women. And I tell them, okay, here's the drill. Don't even concentrate on the woman. The way a guy builds confidence is how he acts. So I said, find um, a hobby find um, a profession, find something that you're good at with work, and really develop that. So if your deal is you're the best guitar player or your deal is you can, you know, swing a really mean golf swing or if your deal is, you know, you can do auto mechanics or, or, or fix uh, audio tech technology uh, type of equipment, get really, really good at it. Do one or two things that you're known for and that you're really good at, and then you can translate that confidence to women. So just before you, like, go over there to talk to her, you know, get into that zone that you won that award or you've got that recognition or you've got that raise or whatever it is. And use that confidence, let it spill out. You know, you don't have to really say what those things are because that would be bragging. Mm -hmm. But just in your own mental head, get that picture of, yes, I am really good at fill in the blanks. And that's how, if you keep doing it with practice, that's how you'll get good with women. So the guys that are that need this the most, guess what? They're They're the ones that are like, you know, are in a job that they hate, they hate mm. their boss, they hate their job, they're not making enough money, they have no hobbies, they have no. They don't play sports, well, yeah, you're not going to be confident. Right. You're not going to be a confident person, period. So that's where you need to start to build your confidence. Right. So then another one of the four C's is connecting, and that's very important for women. Mm-hmm. So what is that all about? Yeah, I mean, before you go walk up to her, find something in the room that you that you have in common. The more you have in common with her, it's it's an opportunity for you to use that as the icebreaker. So if you're at the local club listening to live music, um, you, you know, you could make a comment like, oh, you know, I saw this band here like three months ago. Have you ever heard this band? And use that as the icebreaker. So... Find areas that you have in common because people like people like it when other people is called in psychology it's called mirroring them. So it makes them feel accepted. It makes them feel wanted. So in those instances when you connect on a similar on similar ground, um, you know if you make her feel it makes her feel wanted. So she's going to like listen to what you have to say. So it it works. It's it's. It's so important. It is one of my second, it's, it's the second C. It's one of the four C's. Yeah. Actually, like the opposite happened to me. I was at a club and um, I was talking to this guy that I knew and I knew he liked me. And uh, this Black Sabbath song came on and I, you know, may not look like look like I know Black Sabbath songs, but I do. And so I started singing along and he was like, you know Black Sabbath? Do you like their songs? I'm like, yeah. And I, I mean, he looked like he fell in love right then and there. Like he couldn't believe that I was into Black Sabbath, and that was obviously one of his favorite groups. Right. Awesome. Yeah. No, it definitely works. And and by the way, guys, this absolutely works really well in business, too. If you're trying to win over a client or win over your boss, it, re- it really works. I mean, the, the recipient feels, you know, uh, respected and heard. I mean, uh, you can't get any better than that. So you have to, like, when you're entering 
um, you know, a room, when you're entering, uh, you know, a conference, when you're entering, uh, getting in a relationship with somebody, you better, you better like connect on that level. So like on date number two, if she's saying, oh, you know, it's my grandmother's 80th birthday coming up and, you know, I know she likes this particular pattern of China and this, that, and the other, and she broke her favorite piece. So I want to, um, you know, replace that piece that you broke, that she broke for her upcoming uh, party. So maybe on date number three, you will remember to bring that up. Mm. You'll, you'll say, oh, did you ever find your grandma's piece that got broken? Or how did your grandma's, you know, birthday party go? Or So then, again, she feels accepted and wanted and heard. So that's an example of how to connect with her. Find that commonality. I mean, it's just music to our ears. We love stuff like that. Absolutely. So now, the complaints I often hear from women is, you know, he doesn't act the same way he did in the beginning. He stopped courting me. So why do men stop courting and why do women need continual reinforcement? Again, I'm going to call biology into the matter. Um, You know, back in caveman days, Biologically speaking, let's say there's, you know, 50 50 women at the camp. So because of men's biology, you know, their biology is driven to have sex. The reason why they're driven to have sex is for the the continuance of the species. They didn't want to die out. So the way that that their uh, anatomy works is, you know, they could probably have sex three times a day, maybe if, if you're really virile, maybe you can have it four times a day. So those 50 women at the camp, you know, they're going to do everything in their power to be an attention magnet to pick me, pick me. So in that sense, you know, the, the men are driven to, you know, uh, sow their oats, so to speak, for, to continue the species. So women... Women are more insecure because guess what? They're one of the 50. Mm -hmm. The guy can pick them or not pick them. And even if they pick them, it doesn't mean that they're going to come back tomorrow. They might head on down the road a mile or two and go to that camp and go populate somebody over there. (laughs) So same thing in modern times. Just because he took you out on a date tonight doesn't mean he's going to call tomorrow or come back you know, tomorrow or next week or whatever, there's always competition. And even if you're in a marriage, same thing with with the media every minute bombarding us with, you know, this actress and that actress and this, you know, high fashion model and this Victoria's Secret and this whatever. I mean, the poor guys are like bombarded. So for them to like keep interest with just one person, it's really kind of not in their nature. They really have to go against nature to be monogamous. So that's why women are insecure that way. Right. And and so then, but why do men stop courting after they feel they've gotten the woman? Oh, because, you know, remember I told you that men are very bottom line oriented. They already got her once and then they're done. <laughs> so they figure, well, what, what do I need to continue courting you for? Oh, you mean I need to continue to bring you a flower? You mean I need to continue to take you out oh, to yeah. dinner? They don't get it because they feel that they already won the prize, like my job's done. So that's why that falls off the cliff. And that's where the problems start because they don't understand. They have to like win her over again and again and again. Yes. Otherwise, a woman feels secure. Absolutely correct. Which is which leads me to my next point, and that's that's <laughs> what <laughs> you say. The reason that women cheat, and the reason reason that women end relationships, and it's actually the same thing. And that is, I'll let you say it. 
because the woman is pissed at you. It is not because of the male assumption. The male assumption is, oh, because she's horny or, oh, because she saw, you know, the cute pool guy or, oh, because she wants more sex or, no, 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 no. Women cheat because they are pissed at you. So if her deal is, you know, twice a month she wants to be taken out to dinner um, so she can wear her new new handbag or her heels that she just got and she can show off a little bit and she can, you know, parade on your arm that you still picked her, meaning that you still find her attractive enough that you took her out to dinner, then, you know, that's what she's going for. She wants that attention. She wants to know that you will pick her again and again and again. And one great way to validate that is for when the guy shows shows off, you know, showing off meaning you did take her out to dinner or you did take her out for that cocktail or, you know, whatever attention-seeking measure she was going for. Right. And after I read that, you know, I started thinking about, in fact, you said, you know, women leave most of the time. Your percentage was a little higher than what I've heard. I've heard it's two-thirds of the time. Yours was like over 80. Um, you know, who knows what the real one is. But I started thinking about, you know, my relationships, and usually I'm the one to leave. And then I thought about the reasons. I'm like, she's right. Usually I was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it's a it's a hard you know hard one to bridge because you know like I say the guys think they're done they already won you so what are you bothering me for shut up I want to watch my sports and you know the woman needs that that reinforcement and you know it doesn't have to be a hallmark moment it doesn't have to be Valentine's Day it doesn't have to be your birthday in fact I don't know how you are Lucia but I, I appreciate it so much more when it's not a hallmark card day mm -hmm. <laughs> you know just out of the blue they brought you you know a flower or out of the blue they're like come on honey you know it's I'm coming home, get yourself all spruced up by 7 o'clock, I'm taking you out, you know, on a surprise date or something like that. That means so much more to more to me because it means they're putting thought and energy in, into it, and it had nothing to do with any sort of holiday whatsoever. I love that. Yeah, me too. I think all women do. Uh, so why do men seem to fall so hard when they meet someone they're very attracted to? Well, because they realize the competition out there. They realize that someone who is very attractive, you know, all, all the other guys in the room are thinking the same thing, that, you know, she might be out of my league or, you know, the other guys are also evaluating the woman based on looks. So it's hard to approach her because the fear kicks in, because they know that the other guys in the room are thinking the same exact thing as they are. But you know, they have to get over it because in reality, since every, all the men in the room are thinking that, very few really good-looking women get approached <laughs> because they're all sitting there in a stupor or something, and they don't, they don't break through that. And, uh, you know, I've heard from a lot of these women, they're pulling their thumbs on a Friday night doing nothing mm -hmm. and not getting asked out. So to that I say to the men, you know, you, you're going to have to tune out what other guys are, are seeing and thinking and just walk over to her anyway, and she's probably lonely. <laughs> so she's probably not, you know, getting all the attention that you think she is. Right, or don't assume she has a boyfriend or a husband. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of attractive female friends, and we're all single. <laughs> and as a girl, one of them said, and she goes like, this seems this is like goes against the laws of nature. It's like how the heck can we be single? 
Right. That's what I'm saying is because his competition, they're all thinking that, oh, she's the most gorgeous girl in the room, so I better not approach her because, you know, there's 10 other guys who want her too. Uh, and I'm saying to drop that mentality because the reality is she's not getting approached anywhere near the numbers that you think she is. And she probably, if you do the 4C, she will be receptive to you. So why not? In fact, I, I would go far so far as to say your odds are better approaching the one who's really good looking. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the 4Cs. We won't, we, won't, we won't discuss two. If someone wants to know the other two, they're going to have to get the book. Um, now speaking, okay, so speaking of confidence, now I know that women, I mean, men have a problem with women who have a lot of male friends. Um, explain why, and then I'll tell you my reasoning with it. Well, you know, I think women collect male friends, you know, they have like 2,000 names in their contact, (laughs) you know, list. I mean, they have like men from like third grade. I mean, they just collect any and all men. And I think it goes back to the theory of pick me, pick me, because just because you're dating them now, just because you're married to them now, it doesn't mean that the guy won't up and leave and find somebody that's you know, cuter or smarter or cooler than you are, and the guy will leave. I mean, he's got that prerogative to leave. So I think the reason why there's so many men on her contact list or on her Facebook account or Twitter account or, you know, wherever you're looking um, is because, I don't know, is she lining up a backup in the event that you do leave? Is she lining up a backup in the event that you did piss her off? You know, I, I think women think this way. I think they're... You know, they're they're to a certain degree they are backup. Um, and then the other reason why she's collecting so many names: guys know better. Guys know that guys want in. You know, one guy knows this about another guy. Mm-hmm. Whether you call him a nice guy or a hanger-on or whatever you want to call him, guys want in. Girls mistakenly think that. Um, you know, this is just a nice guy, mm-hmm. and I just have him as a friend, mm-hmm. and why are you getting so mad at me? Right. Because he's just a friend of mine, and why can't I have a male friend? And But guys know better, because no matter how quiet or how shy that guy is or how nice that guy is, the second guy wants in your pants. And women don't get that. They don't. They think, oh, I can just have a, a male friend just as easily as I have a female friend. Um, no, you can't. Because at the end of the day, that nice guy, you know, quote-unquote male friend still wants in. Right. But the way I look at it, because I have a lot of guy friends, <laughs> and, you know, it's like, so we're not motivated by sex in the sense that, um, you know, we're not just trying to have sex all the time. So the, the, the fa- they're our friends because we don't want to have sex with them. Otherwise, we'd be dating them. So I, I say to guys, it's not a threat. They're friends. I'm not going to sleep with them. I don't care if they all want to sleep with me. I have to say yes. And so I'm not going to sleep with them, so there's nothing to worry about. Right, but that's from the the woman's point of view. I do agree with you, but that's from the woman's point of view. The guy, your your you know your male partner guy knows better that the hanger on guy, you know the other the other guy in the in the picture, he knows that the hanger on guy wants sex with you. Yeah, but because the- no guy is going to stick around forever if he's not going to get any. I mean, you know, that, that that's just kind of how it works. His job is to get in. So from the female point of view, yes, we can have male friends, but from the male point of view, typically men don't have, I mean, unless they're gay, they don't have female friends. 
they're there, they're there to get their job done. They're there to get in. Right. Well, so then does that mean that if a guy has female friends, you should suspect that he's trying to have sex with them or he, or he has had sex with them? Very, it's very likely, yes, or that he potentially wants to have sex with them. Maybe he hasn't done the deed yet, mm-hmm. but uh, yes, it's, it's very likely. See, works both ways. Um, okay, so mm-hmm. why, why do men say that it's hard to find a woman who's both sp- smart and beautiful? Well, from a biological point of view, women don't have to be smart and beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just watch one of these Hugh Hefner shows with all the little bimbos running around. I mean, they can be gorgeous all they want. They don't have to, like, also, you know, sharpen their brain or go to college or, or what have you. They don't have to because they get snapped up by, you know, these rich, powerful guys who want the best-looking woman, and that's the end of the day. So, um, you know... A lot of these women don't further their education because they don't have to. Mm-hmm. Like if if they're if they're a five, and they're not getting that many dates, and they're not that there's not that much potential. Guess what? She's going to college. Guess what? She's learning how to do math. Guess what? She's learning. You know, she's reading the paper and she's you know educating herself because she has to. Because you know the the, the looks factor is kind of low. So when the looks factor is low. You know, the intelligence factor has to go up. And a way to prove this is to take, um, I think, once a year, Forbes magazine Mm. lists like the top 100 CEO executives across the country. And they are pretty much all sixes and below. Uh Pretty much. I mean, there might be like out of the whole 100, there might be one or two that is a seven, but that's even like, you know, being very generous. Well, the only... Uh, attractive female C- older CEO that I saw was the one that used to own La Prairie Cosmetics. Do you remember that? Okay. I don't recall what she looks like, but okay. Yeah, but that's probably because she was... Was, the, she, was she French? Uh, it was Georgette something or other. She may have been French, yeah. But maybe because mm-hmm. she was in the cosmetics industry, so maybe she had to look good if she was going to be the CEO. It's possible, yes. Right. So... Yes. Um, yeah, I agree. But, but let's let's say that that's the exception yeah. and not the, certainly right, not the rule. Right. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah, it's just one exception. Um, By the way, the ladies out there, I would say if you have the good fortune to have the good genes and you are good look, looking, please don't let that stop. Let it stop there. Please go get an education because. You know, how much more attractive can you possibly be if you really are pretty and smart? I mean, go for it. Yeah, that's why I asked that question, because so many people say to me, oh, you're beautiful and smart, and I'm like, damn, is it really that rare? (laughs) (laughs) I think it is. I think it is. Yeah, apparently. Okay, so one final question. Uh, Why is being needed important to a man? Well, I think it goes to, um, you know, he has to have a place in your life. If if there is no reason for that guy to be there, the dynamic between the relationship isn't going to work. So when a guy is needed, 
um, let's say you're needed for financial reasons or you're needed because of your great emotional support or because you're a great cook or you can fix things or like it doesn't, it doesn't always have to be the financial aspect. It could, you know, today with the modern society, it could be, you know, any number of 200 different reasons to be needed. Mm-hmm. But from the guy's point of view, why that's so important and it speaks to the men's four core traits, which is acceptance. It's like if he's, if he's filling a need for you, he feels validated, he feels accepted, he feels wanted, meaning that there's got to be a reason that he's there. Otherwise, you could have the most gorgeous girl on earth, and if the guy doesn't get the sense that, that he has a purpose in the woman's life, he won't stay around. He won't stay around very long. It's a, it's like a, it's a it's in his genetic coding because he'll feel unappreciated, unneeded, unaccepted, and these are all traits that men have to avoid. They'll go. They'll go take their business somewhere else where they where the woman where the second woman is making him feel those traits. Right, which. Sometimes explains why someone would leave someone really attractive and go to someone less attractive, let's say. Correct. Sometimes you get, in today's society, you get these women, from your question earlier, you get them so powerful and, you know, they're, you know, they're in the corporate world and I can handle everything myself and, hey, I can, you know, use a power tool and, you know, and they get so competent in their life that there's no place for the guy. Um, and that can only last so long. He will up and leave and go to somebody who's like not educated, not that all that good looking, and you know, like like you say, all these traits that he originally had with with uh, woman number one, he doesn't have with woman number two. But guess what? Woman number two is doing an all important man's uh, the the men's core need, which is making him feel validated and accepted and needed. Wonderful. Okay. Well, we've come to the end of the interview. Thank you so much. It was great to have you on. A lot of information. Thank you. It was my pleasure. You asked some really great questions, and I really appreciate that you you did all your homework. I'm very impressed. I did. <laughs> yeah, you were shocked. Did I throw you off with a couple of questions? I really was, because a lot of people, you know, they read the synopsis right. or they read the press release or what have you, and, and away you go. But no, you really tore into the meat of all these juicy subjects, and I really appreciate that. It, 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 it shows that you're really a, a valuable talk show host. Well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, the book is just great. I really highly recommend it. It's available on Amazon. We're going to put the link on the LA Talk Radio website. Again, it's called The Caveman Formula, Four Rules You Never Knew You Needed to Conquer Your Woman. Uh, Linda's actual website is DT4M, and that stands for Dating Tips for Men, and the number four, dot com. And that is it. So thank you so much for being on, and all the best. Thank you, Lucia. All the best to you, too. My pleasure. Bye-bye. Good night. Bye-bye. Okay, and it's time for me to head out also. I hope you enjoyed that. We only covered a small portion of the book. It's a very long book, 285 pages, so there's a lot that you will learn. I would highly recommend it. And my website is theartoflove.net, where you can find out what's going on with me with my latest news. I have a newsletter, videos, articles, blah, blah, blah. The usual. Um, I have a book at LessonsOfLove.net, and there's a free excerpt there. And, of course, the book is called Lucia's Lessons of Love. And until next time, remember that love inspires, empowers, uplifts, and enlightens. 
You're listening to The Art of Love with your host, Lucia, right here on L.A. Talk Radio. 